And there he is. What's up, <laughs> What's up? Dog? Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm just at my place. Nice. Going up the lake. Chilling in the uh, on the back porch. Chilling on the dock. Oh yeah, that's scenic. That's beautiful. Can we get a 360 cam? You looking out over the lake right now? Uh yeah. What's up, man? Hey. How are you? I'm Nico. Nice to meet you. Cool. Nice to meet you as well. Smitty, that's absolutely beautiful. Nice pond. <laughs> Oh, it's nice. That is beautiful. That's crazy. I have it written down. Land of ten thousand lakes. You guys get, <laughs> you guys getting out on the water. I got that written down. Uh, I don't know about today. It's a little windy right now, but we'll see. Maybe cruise in the evening or something. Yeah, you get up to anything this morning? Just working out. About it. Being a dog. No, uh, I I imagine you uh. Don't have a summer job anymore after playing your first full year in the national. You got rid of that summer job life. Yeah, not too much. I'll help Moose out with his camps a bit here and there, but yeah, not too much. A little bit of work helping my dad out. I've had a lot of work just like building this house or like remodeling in this house and shit. But yeah, for uh, for those of you who don't know who Moose is, that's the other guest coming on, Mitch McLean. He runs Lakes Hockey Academy, so we could talk about running hockey camps. Uh, I mean, with Smitty too, because he helps out. What? What? Yeah. What? It, oh, I just started running hockey camps. This was my first week, so my first week just ended today at one thirty p.m. And uh, man, it's an absolute dagger. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm is. just learning every day, man. It's it's bananas. It uh, takes a lot of energy, that's for sure. Oh yeah. My my uh, my throat, like my voice, you know, just from yelling. From yeah, what a view, Smitty. Nice, bud. Jesus, uh, you didn't get the invite to the lake today, or you had to work the uh, the uh, academy? No, I didn't get the invite to the lake. Oh. Happens, man. You gotta just be better. <laughs> academy starts Monday. Are you coming or what? Yeah, I gotta come up uh, late July. We're gonna have to uh, figure something out. I'm free then, late July. That weekend, and I'm gonna be up in Brule for uh, eight days. Wow, nice! Late July is perfect timing, actually. So, okay, so we'll swing it. We'll swing it then. Uh, real quick, I got an intro here, uh, so I'm gonna buzz that. We're we're missing uh, our third host today. Um, his name's Timmy Kent. Uh, he's a part time mechanic, so. He's got to help out at the shop today. I didn't know that. He texted us. We got a big job. My dad needs help. Like, I'm picking up good change. <laughs> Can't do it today. I told him his loss. These are the two biggest beauties that I've ever met. So, it's going to be <laughs> the best episode. Um, joining us today are two guests known as the Brainerd Bandits. For those of you who don't know, Brainerd is about 150 miles north of the Twin Cities. In this city, they love hunting, drinking, fighting, and scoring goals. Welcome to the pod, Buzz Pod, Paul Smith, Mitch McLean. Wow, what an intro. Thanks for having me. Yeah, geez, Luis. Yeah. <laughs> Good recruitment from Z. You guys are only like his second and third guests he's ever <laughs> So it's, it's unbelievable when he pitches in and he's like, man, we need these guys as a combo. The Brainerd Bandits. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, guys yeah, both, do you guys both train in Brainerd? In the summers? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we train here at uh, our local gym, Takedown Gym, and then we have uh, ice in town as well that we can skate at. Mm -hmm. 
So real quick, I, I want um, everybody to know you guys are best friends. You guys grew up together and I just kind of want to hear um, Smitty, you talk about you and Moose's relationship growing up and um, how you guys train together, you get to play pro hockey together, you get to run camps together, you get to go on the lake together and just uh, speak on that a bit. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a pretty cool ride. I know we've uh, we grown up together around the ballparks with our dads. Our dads played softball together, and so we just kind of grew up around each other there. Um, he was a couple years older than me, so he was somebody that I've always looked up to when I was a kid. You know, when you're in like uh, middle school and stuff, you're looking at that that stud that's a couple years ahead of you, and you want to be like him. So I've always looked up to him through that kind of stuff, and he was uh, one of the first ones to go over to college there, and. I, was, I wanted that dream to go to college as well, and luckily was able to do that. And um, we were able to meet each other last year in Milwaukee and play professionally, and I think it was pretty special. You know, we shared, uh, shared some special times there. And even though we're not together this year or last year, um, it's still pretty cool. We can come back in the summers. We can hang out. We run camps together around each other all the time and hang out at the lake and try to beat each other in golf. Unreal. Who wins most of the time? I don't know. It's 50-50 split. It's, yeah, it's a good battle. It's a good battle. Two athletes. 50-50 split. Mitch, I, I got something for you. I know you're a beauty right away because I asked uh, this kid I played with, my buddy, a Carson Moose. You know Carson Musser? Yeah, I know Musser. Big yeah, time. So I played the with him. Moose. I played with him this year. Yeah, the fake moose. I played with him this year in Norfolk. He actually he actually can get after it, too. It was funny. He was a, a rookie, so he, he he did a great job at rookie party. Anyway, I'll leave that at that. But I texted him because I saw you guys played on the same team. And he said this. It's pretty long. Opening weekend at BG, my freshman year, myself and the other freshmen were over at the hockey houses introducing ourselves, meeting everyone for the first time. Anyway, we're playing this drinking game called Tits. He will know the game, so you'll have to have him explain it in person. <laughs> None of the freshmen were playing yet because we were trying to learn the game. And randomly, these two seniors, the captains, come storming through the door to the house we were, pre we were pre-gaming at. Mitch had a t-shirt, jeans, cowboy boots, and a cowboy hat on, and Im immediately came over to the table to play tits. He and his partner, other senior captain, Tyler Spezia, ran the show in the game, sunk every cup on the first try, and double bounce on the second or third try. It was the sickest entrance followed by complete domination of the game. <laughs> From that moment on, I just knew he was a man. From the outfit he was wearing, his personality and running show in the drinking game, we all couldn't believe what we witnessed. Anyway, that was our captain in my eyes, was the sickest entrance ever. He's the man. Great guy, sick player. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hilarious. That's, that story has got to be distorted by a million, but um well it no, is I, moose. it is moose because i texted cruiser about you and he texted me the exact same story yeah see <laughs> these guys uh these guys are trying to make me sound better than i am but uh it was cool meeting those guys they were uh they were a bright spot for our hockey team for sure those freshmen they could really play and a lot of them are still playing so uh, i'm glad i had that first impression on them. that's a big one yeah, that's unbelievable. Oh, like that's the big dog. For me not knowing <laughs> you, I'm reading that and I'm like, wow, this will be a sick pot. Yeah. yeah. But uh Cole Smith, I also uh we we have a couple of buddies in common, but I reached out to Kears, uh Matt Kears said. Oh yeah. And, uh he told me that you guys had some great times, like some great hunting stories up in Nodak. Uh 
talk a little bit about like I had a hunting experience. I go out there and uh, I waited three hours. I didn't see a single thing. This is my only time I ever been hunting. I was playing junior <laughs> in Campbellton, New Brunswick. We're in a truck. We're sitting there. We got guns. I've never shot a gun before. And three hours, literally don't see or hear anything. So I asked the guys, I'm like, boys, this is hunting? Like, because we were drinking, like we're talking, having a good time. But at the same time, I'm drinking. And as soon as I start raising my voice, they're like, shh, shh. I'm like, we haven't seen anything, right? So we're just <laughs> sitting there, like I'm trying to be quiet drinking. And then, so yeah, after three hours, I just said to my buddy, like, hey, can I just get out of the car, shoot the gun into the air? And then you just take me home because uh, this is brutal. But uh, do you have any hunting stories like up in Nodak with Kears? I, I heard I he kind of like hinted at some good ones. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of stories we could talk about maybe. But uh, hunting up there, we did a lot of goose and duck hunting together. And I think the the hardest problem we had was, you know, it's we only get certain weekends like Sundays we can go out and hunt. So uh, usually Saturday nights after a home night, you're you're out pretty late, and so uh, um, it's uh, hard to rally the boys. We have to drive an hour or two, so we're leaving we're leaving town about four a.m. if not earlier a lot of those times, and clo- shutting down Joe Black's at two two thirty in the morning too. So. Yeah. My rule of thumb for those guys was just get in the truck, I'll get you there. And so I think one <laughs> one one morning Kears had uh had his stuff. He lived downtown. And so he had to walk to my place, which was like half a mile from downtown, with all his camouflage and gun in. And so there's a video of him just walking through downtown on his way over to my place for us to go out and go hunting. So those are those were where you were battle tested to make sure you're there. But as long as you got to my place, we were getting out there that's an, that's all time that's all they, time they, they also did hunting on campus uh there's a, a a famous story of smitty sniping a squirrel with a pellet gun killing it <laughs> no, 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 it's not it's not over let's eat it he puts it on the grill grills it up and eats it with the boys <laughs> well that was my uh sophomore year mismatched was a freshman oh, so you're just kind of he's a shattic guy yeah, we were just kind of chilling in the backyard, and we had these rabbits that would come out. And I had my pellet gun with me at, at the time, and it's like, oh, I'll take a, I'll take a swat at it, just <laughs> crush it, <laughs> bring it back, and as I made uh, threw pieces of it on the grill and uh, made mismatch eat the heart of it too as a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are like, hey, I'm getting hungry. You guys want to DoorDash something? Smitty's like, nah, hold on, boys, I got something. Three minutes, pop. That's all time. He, he also mentioned uh, you got a good Denver story. He he actually gave it to me about uh, the kid that you, that you blew up and uh, he was concussed. And then two weeks later, he came back. His first game back was against you again. And you yeah. him again. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel bad for it, but it like it happened. And uh, I, I tended to get uh, thrown out against Denver a few times. I think I got suspended i think three times three or four times playing just against them i think those are my only suspensions they got a little got a little heated and physical and unfortunate some of the hits but it happened and it's a it's kind of funny story between the boys but yeah okay i'm sorry i didn't mean to make you feel sad or anything i think that's (laughs) oh you're good i'm just like (laughs) i don't want to call the guy up for like just, no, we didn't. I didn't say his name. We're not saying his name. No, okay. it's it's the college hockey throwout anyway. Like it was a clean hit. You just hit him way too hard, so they gotta throw you out. 
Yeah, the, well, the first time I didn't, they didn't even see it. It was like a D down the wall in Denver, and he kind of like was looking back for it, and I was just coming up the ice. We didn't even see each other, so it was like an accidental hit. I got the better of them, blew them up, and then the second one was like two weeks later in North Dakota. It was like I was a winger, so I was covering the middle in the D zone, and he tried to go D, D cut to the middle, and um, like right as he was getting the puck, I was coming in for a hit, and he could see it and kind of bailed, and I just my elbow went right through his head. It was it's kind of it's kind of tough, but not clean. Starfish, <laughs> not clean. Not clean. I don't That's know if okay. uh, I've done some not clean things. Uh, <laughs> but hey, uh, actually, I got one for you, Mitch. You got Darnell. You fought Darnell Nurse two times in one preseason game. Uh, if uh, I'm, you guys don't know who I am, but I fight in the coast and my first year in the coast last year my first full season I had it was hard for me to get like it's still hard for me to get good players to fight me you know what I mean so like what did you have to do to get Tarnell Nurse to go here uh, I got lucky and for whatever reason he felt the need to try to fight an AHL lifer so um, I just I was kind of flying around the night before we played Edmonton's team and they didn't really have any big dogs in and then uh, they took me to Edmonton the next night, and they had everybody in. And I kind of just was flying around being an idiot again. And I caught a Vander Kane in open ice and kind of just blew him up and let him lay there. And uh, Nurse tried to come and open ice me and kind of protect him. And so we fought quick and quick fall down, but I ended up on top. And Yeah, I saw both of them. Yeah, yeah. So we get, I'm, we I'm, I'm guessing he wanted that second one. Hey, to... Well, we, we get to the box, and <clears throat> he just – said he's like if we get back out there or whatever he's just like go again and i'm like yeah for sure like this you know you know and uh squared up and if you watch the video vander kane absolutely chops me in the head with a stick and breaks the stick in half but i was so dialed in i'm fighting nurse the second time i didn't even didn't even know what's going on but uh, oh, yeah God, so we went twice closely, yeah yeah we went twice and uh it was cool he was respectful he wasn't you know he could have treated me like i was worthless being an hler and respectful and whatever else so it was all good it was fun fun little experience yeah that's sick that's a skill man like i'm still working on getting skill guys <laughs> to fight me you know what i mean were you yeah. were you rocking the uh big beard in preseason i see it's oh, kind yeah. of, it's coming yeah, back yeah. now yeah, so yeah you were out there i trimmed to the bender week mustache after growing the beard the whole year but i had the beard going so yeah <laughs> yeah that's great you, you uh, scared you probably it's probably a territorial thing <laughs> yeah oh, intimidated I was the most hated man in Edmonton that night, so it was good. Good job. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. That's actually, like, really good job. Man, if I'm ever an NHL GM, like, you get Darnell's to go, Darnell Nurse to go you two times, I'm, you're, you're good to go. Yeah, it was, it was funny on the on the broadcast where the announcer's like, Darnell Nurse didn't even have a fight last year. He just fought Mitch McLean twice. What is he doing? It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what that's is not, he doing? Yeah. What is this guy doing? That's unreal. That's, that's a fair trade. I mean, yeah, yeah. Combined yeah. salary of ten million. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you with Dewey in Iowa? I saw you were in Iowa for a bit. You were with yeah, Dewey. yeah, yeah. I was with a lot of Deweys in Iowa, but yeah, I was with Dewey in Iowa. We had a good time. It was funny. Unreal. He's a great guy. I should have known that. I should have texted him. I I didn't. But uh, I want to I want to ask you, how's that Brett Gallant guy? Obviously, he's. I've heard of him. Everyone's heard of him. He's obviously a nail gun. Well, so it like? no, I played I played with Alex Gallant. I played against Brett. Oh, okay. And uh, I'll tell you that they are, I mean, everyone that does it's tough, but 
those two are cut from a different cloth, man. They are, uh, they're very tough guys. And then I got to play with Alex this year and see him in action. And, um, you see him off the rink and you don't think he'd be able to do what he does. And he absolutely just stands in there and his hands are stone and, um, off the ice. He's typical. He's the best guy on the team. He's someone you want to hang out with. We do a lot of fishing together. Um, Al and I, and, uh, he's one of my favorite teammates. So, um, but I tell you what, I wouldn't want to stand in there and trade with him. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone does, but no. I see pictures of him and I was like, holy shit, this is him? Like, this is that guy? Because yeah, it's knocks uh, him with like some big, like the toughest of, of them all. Oh, oh, yeah, he doesn't back down from anyone. And I, I always call him Rebar. I don't know if you know what Rebar is, but put it down before the concrete. It's like skinny steel pipes. <laughs> That's him, man. He's like 175 pounds, but he is just Rebar. He hurts you. Um, he's he's an all-timer. He's a great teammate. He just signed back, so we're, I'm excited to have him back in Calgary. Yeah, you guys had you Calgary. You guys had a great season this year. We'll 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 get there, but I want to rewind. Uh, I want to talk about youth hockey and growing up in Brainerd, north of the cities, and I'm sure all the the teams with all the hype around the big time players when you're kids. And just want to hear about uh, youth hockey growing up there. You obviously experienced it first, Moose, because you're older than Smitty. So talk about uh, who you played for uh, growing up. Yeah, we uh, we both play, played for the uh, Brainerd Hockey Association, and um, you know Brainerd hadn't hasn't ever been to the state tournament in boys hockey. Um, the girls programs really caught fire here the last few years, but kind of growing up, they were competitive. The games were fun to go to, and then they started to get a few guys like Joey Frazier, Drew Olson, Carl Sneap, Ryan Peltoma, who played D one or WHL, and we kind of as young guys got to see what they were doing. And then our group of kids, we had six or seven guys that played D1 um, after that group. So we got to see how they made it, what extra work they were doing, um, what extra stuff they were doing in the summer. And we just kind of followed suit with that. And obviously, you can see where it paid off. A small town like Brainerd is kind of a little hockey hotbed. Mm -hmm. And you guys hate Shattuck guys, right? <laughs> I don't think us and cities guys get along a whole lot, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I'm from Miami, Florida, but I went to Shattuck for a year. I was a one and done guy. Yeah. I was I was too good. I one and done. Yeah. <laughs> too much grit to play there. Yeah, I had too much grit. You're hundred <laughs> percent, man. You know, I actually told myself, good thing I left because I would have gotten kicked out if I stayed. I was so young, man. I was so young in a a Jewish a Jewish young man in a Christian school. Was, uh, that, was, that was a nut that job. Like a good combo. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good combo. Hey, I just want to talk about junior career because I okay, know. Okay, yeah. Because we got we got some NAL, we got some USHL. You no, know, we like, got MJHL. MJHL, yeah, yeah. Minnesota Junior Hockey League. Oh, that's what that Manitoba. is? Manitoba. 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 Ah, yeah. Well, they're from Minnesota. <laughs> I played, <laughs> yeah. listen, I played in that. MNJHL, which is the Minnesota Junior Hockey League. You played in that. I played in it for what? Dallas Ducks for one game. I got what? sent down. Uh, I didn't play a game in the month of October when I was in the Nall. And so they said, we're sending you down to the Minnesota Junior Elite League or the MNJAYZ League. And I played one game there, had a great time. And then I got called back <laughs> to the Nall. <laughs> Why didn't they send you to the NA3? Because they wanted me to play one game on Friday and then come back and play for the Jets on Saturday. And I actually okay, scored okay. my first ever null goal on that Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my bad, by the way, jumping ahead. It's because it's because I uh, lost a couple tilts this year. I actually had one bad one. <laughs> but, 
I think that's what it was because I have it written down here. Cole Smith, YMJHL, Steinbach Pistons. What? Yeah. Why did you decide to go uh, to the Manitoba Junior Hockey League instead of like you know USHL all those? Yeah. So uh, I tried to go to the USHL. Um, I got drafted. I think like thirteenth round throwaway pick there to uh, Sioux Falls, and no. so I went down to their. Uh, I went down to their uh, training camp. Um, ended up getting cut. One of the later cuts there. They had a good team that year, though. They they won the won it all, I think. So it's a little bonus that I didn't make the winning team, but it was uh, cut there. And then it was kind of the decision of where we go now. And so it was kind of the null or where we were thinking. You know, there's so many teams in the null. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be hidden here or what. Like, my goal is to play college hockey. And uh, up in Steinbeck, Manitoba, their head coach, Paul Dick, was uh, – he played professionally, and my uncle was his best man in his wedding, that kind of thing. And so I talked to him a bit, and uh, he was pretty confident, and he had connections, and that he was going to go to bat for me all the time. So I basically just kind of put my trust in him as a person and as a coach and uh, decided to go up there and play for him. And, you know, it was a, it was a great decision, I think. Um, learned a lot, you know, living in a new country, that kind of stuff at that age, and Obviously, he gave me a lot of opportunities and was able to take a lot of them. So uh, it was a it was a tough decision, but I think looking back, it was one of the best I could have made. Yeah, that's unreal. That's actually something we talk about all the time on this podcast. Because originally, this podcast, we started it for young kids, you know, to see, like, what path you guys took. You know, you guys took the college path, and, and your junior path is unreal for kids to hear because we always try to preach to kids – Cause you know, kids are always so like, um, like horny to get to the next, to, to get to the highest level, to play at the highest level. Right. I was like that as well. Um, when I was 16, I wanted to be in the USHL. I wanted to go to the O, you know, I wanted to play junior and, uh, in the best leagues. Right. So that's what I did. I played in the best leagues. I played in the USHL. I played in the Q, but I played zero minutes. I was in and out of the lineup for from 16 to 19 basically you know so I never really got out of that because I chose to go to the best leagues but you chose to go where you were going to get opportunity which is exactly what we preach here so that's un unreal yeah it's uh it's a good good decision looking back you know as uh Paul as a person too is as good as they come and so I think when you have confidence and comfortable with the coach and that kind of stuff is awesome because like my first year was average I got hurt to start in juniors kind of turned it on towards the end of the season and then my second year I was comfortable knew everybody knew everything that was going on and was able to kind of explode uh in my second year of juniors and that's when an offer finally came yeah that's that's super cool an offer of North Dakota close to home how far is the ride to school for uh about three hours and 20 minutes right. I don't stop you could hit so. that with a four iron I've seen you swing the club <laughs> Uh, Moose, the British Columbia Hockey League. The mini boys go to Canada. Yeah, Crazy, yeah, yeah. The mini boys go north. The Langley Rivermen plays one year, then you wear the C your next year. Talk about that. Probably, probably as an American um, in Canada. The coach saw him playing tits with the boys. He was like, That's <laughs> "Yeah, I walked in the first party and after the story was the next day. I got the letter." <laughs> no, similar story. Yeah, similar in the story or similar stories to me. No one in the USHL really wanted me. Uh, the team I attended with in the NA lost their coach, and 
Um, this guy named Bobby Henderson from the BCHL kept calling me and obviously not knowing anything about it, being the firstborn and dad played basketball and just not sure what we were going to do. And he just went stop calling. And I asked a couple of people if they'd heard of them. And his dad was a scout for the Flyers. Turned out they're a big hockey family. Just started a new team out there and um, liked what I heard. Went where I was wanted. Got the opportunity to play. <clears throat> My first year, we kind of went through uh, a growing period as a team where we lost some of our older guys and went younger and got to wear an A the rest of the year there. And then the next year, I came in and got to see and I just loved playing in Langley. Honestly, it was, we had a great team that year, uh, my second year in junior and obviously being a little older, always, wherever I went, uh, kind of a late bloomer, a guy that had to grind it out. So I was uh, 19 or 18 when I went there 19, my second year and uh, one of the older guys. So I felt like I was in a leadership role right away. Mm -hmm. No, de definitely. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind, Moose, when I think of you is this quote you said to me, you said, keep fighting the good fight. And it's just stuck with me because like, it is a good fight. What, what we do and we grind and it's hard, especially AHL lifer trying to claw out of the coast and make a name for yourself. So I totally get it. Keep fighting the good fight. You know, none of these guys are climbing out of the coast. That's me. He's talking about. Me. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know, I know. They both been there, but I mean, that's that's. It's that's, just that's the smallest cups of coffee that I ever seen. I mean, <laughs> Mitch, actually, you played you played in in Allen. We're gonna go back to your to your college career. I just want to know how you liked Allen because uh, I played there thirteen games, also small cup of coffee, but yours was even smaller. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, like, I was upset that I was there, but at the same time, I was doing the bag skate every day in Iowa, and I just needed to get some game reps, and Allen's a great spot, man. We went down there, and the buildings were full, and the team was really good when I got there, and uh, Steve Martins had played the absolute heck out of me. I went from playing seven, eight minutes on that fourth lineup in Iowa to playing, like, the whole game on every special team, so, I mean, it was a really good experience, and honestly... It was uh, maybe the confidence boost that I needed to kind of get my swagger back offensively as a pro. And um, I wasn't happy I was there, but I tried to do the right things. And uh, I was a great group of guys. So it made it easy to go down there. <clears throat> That's unreal. Was Costello there? Yeah, he was. He's yeah, he was. a coach now. You know that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard that Marty guy, <laughs> he loves grit. So that's probably why he played the shit he, out Yeah, uh, He's very gritty. He ran a gritty ship down there. Yeah, so. man, I missed him by one year. He yeah, just he would have loved you. Here. He would have absolutely loved you. Yeah, so fine. Tough bounce for me, but that's a good bounce for you. Yeah. But, yeah, let's go back. You know, yeah, let's go back. You, you both went to Canada to, for the same reason, to get opportunity where you're wanted, where you're going to play. Is there is there a single uh, thing you could put your, put your finger on? Um, like, is there a certain person that gave you that advice? Because just as Blatch said, like, you always want to play in the top leagues, you know, and have that reputation. But, like, you guys just had solid advice and chose a great path that helped you guys develop your game. Yeah, and you listened to that advice. Yeah, and you listened. That's the biggest for, thing. For me, I'll, I'll jump Smitty in line here. But for me, just you go through playing the Minnesota Elite League or AAA growing up and all-star tournaments and stuff like that, and you kind of get labeled, right? Like – depending on how, who's seen you and what people talk about. And actually the best advice I got was from Bowling Green's assistant coach. And he said, go out there, go out to the Canada where nobody knows who you are 
and make an identity for yourself in a name where it gets people other than Minnesota to talk about you. And that was probably the best advice I got. I got to go out there and become Mitch McLean, the hockey player, not Mitch McLean, the high school athlete or whatever else. And I really got to, obviously in Canada, hockey's the main sport. So I got to be a hockey player and become a hockey player being out there. That's super cool. That's, that, that's really cool. And that's, that's a great perspective to make a name for yourself and create that identity because you got the title Mitch McLean, the athlete, because you were playing football, baseball, and, and hockey. hockey. Yeah. And you were the, were you the quarterback? I, I was the quarterback. I was the quarterback. This thing was so tight. It looked like Peyton Manning. <laughs> Smitty too, though. They both, they, 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 yeah. both, it's nuts. I didn't Smitty. pick him off. Smitty yeah, was, was the D-back. I didn't throw to Smitty's side. I didn't throw to Smitty's side. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I, was, I played intramural basketball and I was brutal. I was on the bench most of the time, but I had a, I was on the orange team and I went and I bought the orange NBA socks and I had the orange NBA headband and I was looking nasty, but I was pretty brutal, honestly. So that's like <laughs> that you guys were good at other sports too. I was just always like the hockey guy in Florida. Freak athletes. Yeah. That's, that's, Freak yeah. It must be all like that. Probably handymen too, eh? Like you guys build your own houses, you build your own everything, you know. Somebody built that dock he's sitting on. <laughs> Not pay some for the dock, but uh in the house, we've I've actually done a good amount of work in there this year, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Let's get into your college uh, first, Smitty. Uh, you went to Nodak for four years. Uh, solid career, like solid improvement every season, seven points, 10 points, 16, 18 with an A. Is that good? Yes. But um, can you talk about just uh, your time at Nodak and uh, your improvement and, and what led to that for you? Yeah, I think uh, going in my freshman year is definitely the least skilled player on the ice. Uh, I'm looking around at a lot of these guys, and it's just like, how am I here right now? And so that that summer was kind of an eye-opener on the skill level that all these players have. I mean, summer hockey itself isn't doesn't fit my game as well even now. But, you know, they were so skilled, and so I was like, that freshman and freshmen aren't guaranteed anything for ice time, that kind of thing. So it's like, well, I got to fight for this. And so – one of the biggest developments I had was just our access to the rink. We, uh, there was nobody else there but us. I mean, the girls program my freshman year. But other than that, we had ice 24-7. So we practiced at, I think, like 3 o'clock my freshman year. And so three days a week, like me and Tyson Jost, were, uh, we were always together doing it. We'd call our assistant, Dane Jackson, or send him a text and say, hey, on the ice at 11. And then we'd meet and do like 40 – 30, 40 minutes of skills at like 11 a.m. three times a week and then uh, plus our practice. And just in those skill drills and that kind of stuff is kind of where I started to finally develop a little bit of touch and that kind of thing. And, you know, I fought for it and was able to get into the lineup my freshman year partway through and stayed in all the way through playoffs. And then starting my sophomore year, first game against – I know I was feeling pretty good. First game I'm scratched against uh, Alaska, I think. And it ends up going into OT or something. I think I think we win by one. And we just played crappy. And I got put back in for that second game. And we went to OT again and had an assist on the game winner and didn't leave the lineup since that game for uh, the rest of my college career. So it was a grind for sure. And I think just uh, every year the improvement, I think, comes with confidence and being more comfortable where you're at and the position you're in and the role you're going to play. 
And I think that that confidence is everything for me. I think you can see it in juniors. Once I gained a little confidence, college, even at the pro level now, between my two AHL years, it's I think confidence is everything for me and just keep developing. Because I think if you play with the best players in the world, you're going to get better as well. And I think that's also what led to it my freshman year. Yeah. yeah, I think confidence is everything for everyone, man, to be honest with you. I think every player, when they have confidence, they're at their max potential. And when they don't, they're not. It's like that simple. But that's good advice for kids. All they got to do is get the apple on the game winner, and then you'll be in the lineup. <laughs> I didn't know I had to do that. Fuck, if you would have told me that before, I would have done it earlier in the season. So I just got to get an apple in OT. I got to get out there in OT. How'd you get yeah. out there in OT as a guy that was scratched the night before? Probably out working because he's a dog. The boys were tired. They needed somebody else to go on quick. What shift in OT? Like your first or what? Uh, I think it was, yeah, it must have been my first shift. I don't I don't even remember. I made a little sauce pass up about the blue line to Casey Johnson and Chad went Chad. Casey Johnson, D-man, Dubuque, fighting yeah. student alum, same for life. Yeah. yeah that's great stuff that's nasty that's that's a great story yeah <clears throat> just just climb your way up man yeah. i love that man i, I mean I, I witnessed it a little bit in in nashville we we heard a story uh let's just jump ahead to smitty's pro career quick because we're going to dip into that when when we were at um main camp in nashville my first year pro uh moose was there it was the first year these guys were playing pro hockey together and uh, Scooter, uh, Scott Nickel, uh, calls out Smitty in front of all the guys in, uh, in the opening day and just says, this guy came to camp. He put his head down. He was the hardest working guy. Um, he impressed everybody, and he earned a spot in the uh, uh, starting, starting roster, played his first NHL game. And that was the same year he played in all three leagues, I believe. Right, Smitty? Yeah, I got uh, three straight games. In a row, one East Coast, NHL, then AHL. Three games. <laughs> three in a row. No way. Three in a row. Three are you just, serious? I didn't know that. Come on. Talk <clears throat> yeah. about that. Can what? you talk about those calls? Like, are you like, are you kidding? The second one, like the first call up, you're like, oh, thank God. I'm going to the American League. The second no. one, like. I think it was reverse. Was there? Oh, no, I, went, I went East Coast, NHL, AHL. <laughs> you went from three to one to two. Wow. Can you talk about that phone call? <laughs> talk about that phone call. What do you do? You, did you think oh, there was, uh, <laughs> there was no phone call on that one. So we went down to Florida because um, of COVID year that year. Yep. You, uh, they sent like six of us down there, I think, um, to get some games in before uh, NHL camp started. And so we went down to Florida for like a month. And I think we played five games. And then we had to go up to NHL training camp. So we drove up there and then I uh, played that opening night there and then sat on the taxi squad for a couple more days. And then they sent me back down to the A for, to get games in. But yeah, the first NHL game was, uh, I didn't even have a practice with the team before I played. So we <laughs> went up to camp and it was like a smaller group because of COVID. So they didn't have as many guys there for camp and stuff. So they had like one main practice group and then they had like, which would be like A, and then they had a small practice group B that had like 10 guys in it and a goalie. And so we'd go out after that other group and play around. We're like, all right, well, get ready to go down because like, we never had a practice with uh, with them. We would scrimmage and stuff against them and all be intermixed, but no practices with that group. And then, you know, they made the calls and stuff, and I was just kind of waiting on my phone, waiting on 
um, the email to see if I was going down yet or not because they were making cuts. And the email just never came, never came. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go to practice in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you're so saying there's a chance. Yeah, go to practice in the morning. And all of a sudden, uh, it was a morning skate, actually. Go to morning skate, and my name is on, like, the fourth line on the roster. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> that was this year. And then some of the guys were kept asking me if it was my first game, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is this actually happening? Like, this is nuts. So then I had morning skate on the fourth line, and I still couldn't believe it when I got off the ice. And I almost had a coach had to come over and tell me that I was playing. And I was like, all right, well, I guess this is actually happening. So Shit. got out of the rink, called my dad and parents right away. <laughs> and couldn't believe it. And uh, I don't know, I sat in my hotel room fucking staring right at the ceiling for about four hours until the game yeah, started. No sleep. No yeah. sleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> no sleep. What was your game plan there? Because, um, I know, I mean, I've seen, I see through your career that you've caught your way up, you know, and uh, the gritty way, which I love, but um, both of you, you know, added fighting to your game. You guys are both college guys. So for me, honestly, I might have to change my game plan because when I look at the rosters, I see college guys and I'm like, okay, I, I know I can bully these guys, you know, like I know these <laughs> guys. So uh, can you guys talk about just like adding that grit to your game and, and, why and 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 how you just got that will i know most of that will comes from just being from brainerd but uh, can you guys talk about just adding that grit to your game those fighting i mean i was lucky that my first couple of years i got to play with mike leambus and cody mcleod so you talk about two guys that made it the hard way and i just kind of realized like the way i play how big i am physically and I'm going to blow some guys up the wrong way and make some guys turn their heads. And um, I also kind of realized that if I was going to stick around, I wasn't going to score 25 goals every year. And I maybe needed close, to add another, pretty close. Yeah, hey, we're trying, we're You're trying, like eight away. But, you know, uh, so uh, I just needed to find a way to stick around or at least get myself back on the ice when I wasn't on it. And uh, I just kind of started doing it more and more and getting more comfortable doing it. And then, I mean, you know, Blatch, if you get a couple good fights in a row against some tough guys, no one really looks at you anymore except the tough guys. So yeah. uh, I've, been, I've been lucky to be able to add it and uh, kind of survive the way through it and uh, just another tool of the tool belt. <clears throat> Absolutely. Cole, I, I want to hear your perspective too on it, but I just want to add, I actually found it surprising. Uh, my first year pro, I played only 26 games, but I, I tried to fight every single game. I only got like 12, I think. And uh, <laughs> after that season, like this year, it, it was, it's hard, really hard already to get one. You know, I'm already labeled as like, people know I'm a tough guy. So for me, I no, found... no, no, they don't say tough guy. say, no, Blatchman is a psychopath. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> psychopath. So, you know, for me, it was kind of, I was surprised because I thought it would take more time to get that kind of rep. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's different now. Like not every team has handful of tough guys you got the same two or three in the division really that kind of go all the time and at the end of the day in pro I don't know I don't know what the fight rule is in the coast but you only get 10 in the American League so you're going to fight the same guy five times you know it's like what are you going to really do at that point you know and uh I mean it's good and bad right you got you got to be able to do it and at the end of the day you don't want to fight the same guy all the time so I mean yeah. 
I agree it's, with you. It's tough. It's tough. You don't want to fight the same guy all the time <laughs> unless you're pumping him every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's whatever. Exactly. But it's whatever. But Cole, what about you? Yeah, I'd say it's similar to Miss. Um, you know, it, it's as a bigger guy and just the style of game I have to play to be effective. Like I got to, I mean, we kind of run around a little bit and try to create some energy. And I think with that style, like it's going to come. And I think after my first, my first year, I had like two, I think. And then even my second year, I don't even know if I had any. And it's like, not that I'm out there looking for them, but it's like, if I'm going to try to stick here and try to play at the, this level, I got to add something else to my bag just to like have it there. It's like, I don't have to be a fighter. I don't have to like go out looking for fights, but I got to be willing and be able to kind of stand my ground and do something when the boys need and that kind of thing. And so last year I just kind of went in there and I, I knew I was going to have to get in that first one. And after that first one, he kind of like, all right, well, I can, I can do this, that kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's kind of more having more confidence in yourself. And, you know, I think the best part is when you go back to the locker room and the boys are pumped about it and that kind of thing. And it's like, it's like you're, you're doing something right. And so for me to be able to stick, I've got to be able to one, be willing, be a willing combatant and also just kind of stick up for the guys and uh, kind of earn the guys trust in the locker room and that kind of sense. I couldn't agree more, man. Like both of you, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I stood up for Zach one time in a game and that didn't turn out well for me. I got asked. <laughs> I watched that. Uh, I watched that against Evan Poli. Zach got yeah. blown up. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on real quick. I haven't even seen the hit. You got blown you up. You still didn't see I'm gonna, it. Was it late? Was it late? Was it late? I don't know, man, but. Hold on. Hold yeah. on. All right. I'm going to explain the hit really wait, quick. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> did Z get you a couple beers for it or, or did he say anything or what? I'm sure he ordered two beers and made me pay for them. And said, oh! Thanks, but... <laughs> <laughs> My money went to the diapers that week. No. Uh, I got caught. I got caught with one right in the ear, and things kind of went dizzy, and then I got one in the chin, and that was that was it for me that night. But <clears throat> came back and scored right after that. Yeah, he did. Yes, yeah, he I did, did. dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. That Sports Center top we ten. We both scored. No, it was probably off. We my both ass scored. That, but... We both That's scored. That's the best, dude. That's the best. <laughs> Your pro was more like, oh, Blatch already fought. Why would you put him out there? He did it. <laughs> I can't get. I don't get a chance to bury the biscuit. You know. Hey, so we, it was the second time we played these guys on the road trip. The first night, we just like weren't breaking the puck out. Like, we weren't breaking the puck out. They're like, look, the weak side D's wide open. We're like, not breaking the puck out. So it's a D zone faceoff. It's like weak side exit. So in my head, I'm like, <laughs> if I get this puck, I'm going to the weak side D. That's all that matters, weak side D. I get the puck, pass the weak side D, one 1,000. And then I just remember standing up and turning around and just like, this guy's like clapping his hands. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't watched it back since. So I... <laughs> yeah, me either, man. I haven't watched it many times either. Yeah, uh, no, but uh, yeah. Do you guys actually, let's, I actually wanted to ask that. Do you guys watch your fights like to learn from them or, or, or if you lose it, like you said, you kind of try to stay away from watching it. Well, mine aren't really ever great. So I don't really tend to watch mine, but um i try to watch other tough guys at least fight a couple times on those videos just to see like if i should suspect something crazy coming or if they fight pretty straight up but other than that i don't really watch i watch Coles a lot 
when he fights. <laughs> yeah, I, watch I watch the other guys' fights. Yeah. I saw a cut, hey, you're cutting yourself short. Like, I saw a couple of good fights. Oh, yeah, he's so, so uh, yeah. yeah, he waxes guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw some, I saw some great tilts out of you. I oh. saw some great ones. What about you, Cole? You watch, you a video guy or no? Uh, not that much. I mean, I'll watch it overseas, see what happens. Because in the moment, you really don't really know exactly what happened, you know. And so I'll watch it back once, maybe twice. And uh, if I lost, I probably wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have I have watched some film on some other guys, like in the locker room between periods. Like, like Danny High Notes good with that. If I can just go ask and be like, hey, what is, how does this guy's throws? And kind of look at a few. I know I looked at a couple in the locker room beforehand, just in case. Just in case, yeah. Just, I mean, might as well be prepared. Yeah, like that's a good, that's a good play. You always try to watch videos on guys that maybe you're, you're about to play against, just to see if, like, yeah. if, they, if they throw laughs or something like that. Yeah. You want to be surprised, you know. Like, so I think, I think that's definitely the way to go about it. But let's uh, jump back to your college career, Mitch. Uh, you played at Bowling Green. Yep. Obviously, everyone heard the text. You're, you were a legend there. Uh, you were captain at the end of the year, and. Just a, a, a sorry, your final year and just an unbelievable NCAA career. Yeah. I mean, I played major junior, but I know that these numbers are good. Um, 16 points freshman year, 33, or sorry, 20, 16, 33, then 32. So that's nasty. Can you talk about like your time at Bowling Green and maybe uh, um, how that freshman year went for you? Uh, probably opportunity, maybe uh, why you chose that school. Yeah, it's kind of the same story as uh, uh, BCHL, really. I I mean, I got a couple of looks at different schools. Uh, some of the bigger schools kind of said, hey, you can come walk on and try it out. And uh, Bowling Green just kind of straight up told me, like, we're a 500 team right now. We're looking to be top of our division or our league at least. Um, and this is the expectation. This is how we play. And we see you being a big piece of that. And uh, I left my recruiting trip there believing every word and uh, the coaching staff delivered on it. I mean, I got a complete opportunity to play penalty kill power play top nine minutes um, as a freshman. And I mean, that experience, you can't, you can't really replicate, you know, like as a freshman coming in, you're wide eyed kid and you just want to play as hard as you can every night. And um, yeah. So, I mean, Bowling Green was good for me because I got to pretty much round out my game to whatever it needed to be. And, um, I learned the hard way my sophomore year about a sophomore slump and how it gets harder and how you think maybe it's going to get easier and it doesn't. And uh, that really helped me kind of decide that I wanted to be a hockey player after college in the next two years. Like I just had a blast being at the rink and kind of like Smitty working extra and um, learning that it's a tough thing to do to be on top and carry the load. And uh, it was just a great experience. Mm -hmm. Both, both undrafted. Oh, really? Both undrafted. And have made exceptional pro careers for themselves. So talk about Moose, the process of signing the contract after your, your college career. And the yeah, so uh, my junior year at BG, I had like a really good year. And, you know, that kind of buzz when you have a good year in college is like, oh, is he leaving? Is What's he going to do? And oh, yeah. um, at that time, like somebody called me and they're just like, I don't think we really have anything other than like an AHL deal. And I was like, well, then I'll stay at school. And kind of went back and enjoyed it and kind of built on what I had done as a junior. And um, that last game happens and I didn't hear anything obviously during the year and we lose to uh, Northern Michigan in double OT or something. And um, 
I get on the bus. I get on the bus after the game. My parents were there, and it's sad you're a senior. And uh, I get on the bus, and I get a text from uh, my advisor, or my agent, or who that be, and said, "Can you be in Detroit, Michigan, and or in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, in two days to play for the Iowa Wild?" I'm like, instantly, I go from like being sad to pretty excited, you know, playing pro and then playing mm-hmm. for the Minnesota Wild, my hometown team, basically. And uh, so that was a pretty whirlwind experience from going to college career over to turn the page and like, let's play pro right away. So did you end up playing for the the wild like two days later in Grand Rapids? Yeah. I got to play on St. Patrick's day, my first pro game uh, against GR and we won an OT uh, last second shot. And it was, I got to play a lot that night. They were short staffed with guys. And I think I got a couple power play shifts with some of the top guys and kind of an instant tryout. I think it was cool. The first shift of the game, Pro hockey, Dylan McElrath and Curtis Gabriel squared up in center ice, puck Ooh. drop, square up, and they just chucked them. Oh, and uh, I was like, I was like, oh, here we go. And I mean, you guys have played in, or at least Zach's played in Grand Rapids. The building buzzes. Oh yeah, and uh, it was, it was a, it was a cool experience. I was not tired that night at all. Oh, Moose, you should have just had the assist on the OT winner. Yeah, man. it would have been, been everything. <laughs> That's better. all you gotta do. I, I took I took my usual spot in OT right at the end of the bench. Just open <laughs> that door. Open the door out. for everybody. Smitty, didn't you fight Curtis Gabriel? I mean, I, lo- I looked at both of your fights. Why don't you fought Curtis Gabriel? I fought I fought Curtis. Moose did. Oh, Moose, you fought Curtis Gabriel, and you did well in that tilt. Oh yeah, yeah, you did well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wasn't happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You did really well. Dog. You did really well. I like that a lot. But um. Also, we're going to get into, I mean, Cole, I, I just want to talk about this season with both of you. I mean, undrafted oh. free agent out of college, NHL contract. Who is that, Cole? Cole Smith. Yeah. Cole Smith. <laughs> Wait, NHL contract with 18 points. So they saw the grit even in college where you just like <laughs> rip, ripping guys' cages off. You can't grab the uh, cage, right? That's a suspension or some, some stupid rule like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of that, but, uh, our role in college, our line, we were our third line, but we started pretty much every game. So we line matched against everybody's top line. And so I think that's kind of where it was, is we played everybody's top line and we were we were solid. We usually probably scored more goals than we gave up. Um, our team was unbelievable that year. Um, everything kind of worked. PK is kind of my strength. I've kind of uh, developed that into like my identity and I hang my hat on my penalty kill. And so I think that's where... They must have saw it, and thank God they did. PK, that's huge. I got. I'm trying to. I need to get my PK reps in, boys. I'm telling you, like that's literally what I need. I'm missing PK, and then I'm just mm-hmm. that much more valuable. They um, saw Smitty's Denver highlights, and they're like, "We got to get this guy." <laughs> yeah, bring him yeah. in. <laughs> they said, "They said, yeah, we were gonna sign this guy on Denver, but this kid Smith killed him, so we should just get." <laughs> yeah, we gotta yeah, take get that Smith guy instead. <laughs> So, so you signed that contract uh, out of school, that was a, and that, was, that signing process was kind of like Moose's. It was wild because it was right during COVID. So our season got we were number one in the country, Vegas best odds to win the Natty that year, and all of a sudden the next day, everything shut down. Season's over. It's like this is crazy. Like we got our hearts ripped out of us. Like not even getting a chance to play and literally senior year. Yeah, and so. That process and whatever, we're kind of hanging out with the boys. Like, it's kind of sad. And so we're, we're hitting it pretty hard. And whatever my agent calls, he's like, we got a meeting in Brainerd back home um, with uh, with Nashville on Sunday. And 
we had a team party bus that Saturday, kind of our last little thing together. And so that was probably a 3 a.m. get back. And I hit the road at about 9 a.m. the next morning, headed back to Brainerd and had that meeting at Bar Harbor here in Brainerd. And things went well from there. And uh, a couple days later, I think it was two or three days later, I got back on the call with everybody and um, they offered me a contract. And I was one of the best days ever hell yeah man that's that's too cool so talk about talk about your first your first pro season or your pro your first full season in the nhl uh man so too cool exactly hard work pays off you earned it 28 years old i actually tell z we talk about it with galley all the time yeah 28 that's that's like almost your prime, your prime. That, right that when is, you're getting around starting. your prime 28 you're starting your prime and and you, as you being a 28 year old, your first NHL season, that gives guys like me, like I, that fires me up, you know, only 25, yeah. like still got three years to go, baby. But uh, yeah, was, uh... about, like the, the season, like you play in the national, but then also, you know, I'm sure when you were 25 or 26, maybe you, or actually you played one game when you were 25, 26, but maybe when you were in college, you didn't think you'd ever, you'd ever be a regular in the national. So no, in college, I definitely didn't think that. I mean, I didn't even have an agent until my senior year. And I was like, well, I kind of want to try to do this professionally and like keep playing no matter what. So I should probably uh, get an agent. So I called uh, Dean Gorilla, who I've known for years, and just asked him. So it was kind of a different process that way. I was asking the agent instead of agent asking, coming out to you guys. <laughs> hey, will you try but, to give me a contract? <laughs> that's like me. That's like me. I don't really get recruited to teams. I email them, and then they say, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh this first year was uh it was it was quite the experience. You know, there's there's ebbs and flows emotionally for me for sure. I mean, uh the first two months I lived in a hotel for like seventy days and you know, like physically I was fine playing hockey, that kind of stuff. It was like kind of the mental grind this year at the beginning, like the first two months not knowing what's gonna happen because you know, at any second you get you get the phone call and you're going back down and you know, you lose you lose a game and um you're thinking like what did I do like are they gonna send me down like is this my fault it's like how can it be my fault I played five minutes like it can't be my fault can't be me. Yeah. so those uh those long days in the hotel kind of just wandering that kind of stuff you know days off it's uh it kind of drains on you and so it's, the first two months was kind of a mental more of a mental battle for me than anything until I finally got that housing letter and that didn't uh you know it doesn't end there they can always send you down but mentally kind of gives you a little bit more relief and so I was kind of be able to settle in there and then shortly after Christmas I think it's kind of when I kind of started to find my stride and you know started playing really well um, towards the end of the season we had a bunch of trades and people sent away and that kind of thing and so that brought in a lot more opportunity and you know it was pretty surreal towards the end there me Sizzy and Trenny were playing together and we were matched up against top lines. So we were matched up against Crosby's line one night, matched up against Matthews. And so it was just like, we're on the ice against these top guys. And it's just like Sidney Crosby was surreal for me. It's like something that some guy I've always looked up to. And he's been my favorite hockey player my entire life. And I'm line matched against him. And that one got pretty chippy too. And he's going back, throwing some cheap shots. And it was a pretty surreal experience. And, you know, there's kind of three different phases there, I think, for the season for me that mental grind, kind of that middle part where I'm where I started to find my role and finally the last part where I kind of hit my stride and was able to play pretty good minutes. 
that's super cool. And it's super cool. You're able to identify those parts of your, your season and, you know, understand kind of where you were at mentally and, and physically. And, um, oh man, that's, uh, as hockey players, I got something. We always li- kind of live in the unknown, right? Like at least me yeah. as, as a, as a East coast hockey player right now, I played for five teams this year, believe it or not. I was all over the country. I, I could have played for seven, you know, if it, it was, it was bananas. Right. So, um, as hockey players, that's the biggest mental grind, honestly, to our game. It's it's just yeah. living in the un- unknown. You know, you don't know if you're going to stick. And then when you do stick, you don't know if you're going to be in the lineup. You don't know. There's just so so many things unknown, and especially like in the offseason, you know, like right now, I haven't signed or, and a lot of hockey players haven't signed deals for next year. And they're just in the unknown, you know, and that's just like something that I always say hockey players have to be mentally tough if you want to play pro because you're going to live in the unknown a lot and it's a scary scary thing you know like when you're yeah, there it's, it's a, a scary thing the the yeah. thing is too is he he's line matched um versus Crosby and all and and all these guys Matthews and they're winning games and you guys put your, yourself in a position to make the playoffs with people are calling an AHL lineup because a bunch of guys from Milwaukee get called up and play. Can you talk about that last little stretch with with the the call ups? You guys are winning games night in, night out, and like giving yeah, yourself was, a chance, setting it up. It was a cool run. You know, I was I was very sad the last two weeks. I got a concussion against St. Louis, and so I wasn't able to. We had some big big games against uh, Winnipeg and Calgary, and yep. you know, it was absolutely gutted just like sitting on the sidelines not being able to do anything but that was a cool experience you know the guys just kind of came together it's kind of just like everybody counted us off gms everybody and so it's just like well what are we we're just playing for each other man like go out there like we're not expected to win just go out battle and you know play our gritty game and you know those guys the other teams are going to hate playing this game so just muck it up and see what happens and it was really cool. We all came together and, you know, we had some big wins. I mean, we beat Boston two to one with our lineup, which is cool. We were up two nothing. They scored with like 1.3 seconds left to make it two one. But actually, I'll take that goal because I got a thousand bucks from them scoring that because I got the game winner then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, somebody, had a, somebody had a jeeper for the game winner. Smitty's like, fuck, I hope Boston scores one. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't hoping for Juice's sake, but. Uh, Smitty, two things I've learned from you so far is is after a night out, your recovery is phenomenal, and <laughs> and you get game winners to stick where you are. You just <laughs> you, you just contribute to game winners. It's like, okay, how do I do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, give me something simpler. Than you should have you should have seen this game winner though. It was uh, we were up one nothing. It was six on five, and lousy our D man goes to shoot for the uh, net. It was probably going to go a little wide glances off my hand in the d zone goes all the way in <laughs> nasty <laughs> that's unbelievable that's unbelievable it's we need those old, old count yeah. and, he's, and he's the one that had money on the board so he had to pay me too who did the guy that scored it the guy, <laughs> the guy that guy shot it i mean you're the guy yeah that, that's hilarious you're the guy that scored it but um i want to talk about real quick your 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 career actually let me just mention me and Sidney Crosby both went to Shattuck, both <laughs> played for Ramuski Oceanic in the queue. Essentially the same exact career path. Crazy. 
but uh, I ended up in the coast. He's in the national, but I might get there. Um, but let's let's get into. I will get there. Let's get into uh, your season this this year, uh, Mitch. Your best pro season yet. Got the numbers right here: sixteen goals, twelve assists, twenty-eight points, hundred and eight pims. Love love the triple digits. Love and them. their team was a wagon. And your team was a wagon. Can you just talk about like? Uh, what led to your success this season? Obviously, um, some confidence probably played a role in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the year before in Milwaukee, I finally got to kind of show what I could do in pro. Um, Carl Taylor believed in me, and we were maybe a little young um, yet, so he kind of let me play and play on a power play and kill penalties, and uh, I kind of got to show that I could play. I think I played in all the games that year, and uh, obviously I never came close to touching that in Iowa being an in and out guy and kind of carried that into this season. And uh, I had been through the trials of being in and out and our team was really deep. I think we had like 51, 52 wins or something. Our goalie was goalie of the year. We had uh, two guys on the MVP list. And um, so like we had depth and we had guys that could play. So being an AHL contract, I, you guys know that you're kind of the guy that's in and out uh, a lot of the time. And, uh, I just never really got frustrated with it. And when I was in, I got to play in the power play and kind of play some top six once in a while and had a good stretch where I was in that top six. And I just have learned over time that when you get your number called, you just got to perform. And sometimes it doesn't even matter if you're playing well or not, you're going to come out. And sometimes when you come out, you need to watch and learn and see what's going on and reassess and reevaluate. And um, that's just what kind of has driven the last two years for me, I think, is just kind of being through the trials and, being prepared for anything and um, we had a great team don't get me wrong so I made it easy to play out there and we're winning games and you're having a lot of fun and we talked about confidence earlier um, having that confidence just helps everyone on the in the group right mm -hmm. absolutely um, actually real quick do you guys do either of you have a good uh, Zach Solo story because <laughs> you guys oh. to play with Z as a rookie I mean I'm gotta... sure that was an absolute treat I've known Z my whole life like <laughs> played together when we were 12 I grew up with this guy he was a clown when he was younger uh not anymore but obviously now he's a he's a driven guy he's a girl dad um I'm a new girl dad so I know that it definitely changes you from a clown to a mature man but can you guys just do you guys have anything you remember just like an absolute Zach Solo story they're, they're both fucking smirking right now <laughs> wow I just well playing against them this guy has a shaved head i remember that where do you he think where do you head. think he got that advice from yeah geez louise he comes into the league shaves his head ushl prodigy with a hundred point streak gate or 100 game point streak the solo streak yeah solo a couple street. bean pots and all of a sudden i see this small statured man out there with a buzzed head i'm like who is this nail gun i don't know who you asked to fight gabriel dumont right away yeah who's, because kind of, who's, who's got yeah. some grease to his game and uh, so that's like my first impression playing against Solo, but playing with him, I've never been around a guy who is happy to be at the rink every day and uh, no matter what the circumstance was. And he was an absolute joy. And um, I, I, I always tell people this, if I could put a guy on my team every year, it'd be Zach Solo without a doubt. Wow. Fuck Moose. I love you, man. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so Good room guy. Great room guy. Hey, there's hey, there's no statistics on glue guys, eh, Moose? No, there's not. There's <laughs> no. not, man. You just got to ask around. But apparently you got a beer fridge right there, too, or something. 
Every time I look, that mug's full again. Well, <laughs> no, I, to, be honest, to be honest, I'm drinking the spotted cows because I'm back in Wisconsin, yeah. happy to be home. Uh, I brought three over here. They're all gone. This yeah, is, you were like, went too well. Those. <laughs> I, I see, I see both your faces, and it's just like uh, it's a trigger for me. I'm like, yeah, oh, I need oh yeah, I better, oh, I better start drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Uh, he said to me, he said these guys love drinking. Let's have a couple for the pod. It's Brainerd. It's not them. You know, it's like I love yeah, they're from. What I about you, Smith, Smitty? You got something about uh? Actually, well, why, why why do uh why did uh Hears call you Schmidt? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's kind of, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like an inside joke that we had from like college. Uh, Austin McGansky used to call it, call me that. And it's just like, I don't know how it stuck. Cause that guy's the biggest idiot ever, but it's stuck. And it's kind of like a joking thing to say and whatever. <laughs> but Okay. I like that. Give me your solo story though. <laughs> uh, I think, well, the first time we saw this guy, cause we were in Chicago and he signs out of college. And we show up to the rink, and this guy's already there. We're like, who's this new guy? He's got his head shaved. He's wearing a polo and khaki shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Do we take this guy from the military, or where'd this guy come from? That's all. Fucking Air Force Academy, bro. Yeah. We got a guest speaker today, Sergeant Solo. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's, he ended up being on the ice with us. We didn't know if, what, what he was there for, a motivational speaker or what. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then the next week, because, I don't know, you're kind of there, you know the guys, and so you're just trying to get used to some guys, and the next week, he's same outfit, polo shirt, and nice shorts, and a hat, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it still hasn't changed, I don't think, so yeah. that's that's who he is, and it was just comedy to see him first oh. day like that, and shaved head and everything. That's <laughs> so funny, because that's what our last, when last time we had a double guest episode, the two guys that I played with said that about me because I remember, do you remember before we started our pro careers, me and Zach, we were training together right before we started our pro careers. We were like, we're going to do this right. We're going to go in like collar shirt, you know, tucked in and like, and like we prepared ourselves. We were like, some guys are going to be like laughing at us and chirping us. And some guys are going to respect it. And, uh, and we both actually did it and stuff. And it's funny because like, I said it last spot. I always get asked if I'm going golfing after the after the race because <laughs> of what I wear, you know, and like, and the shaved head's funny on Z too because that was his first year ever shaving his head. Yeah, right? I got COVID for the first time. I didn't know what COVID was I about, remember that. and I just <laughs> shaved my head. Gotta get rid of my hair. I'm like, I got COVID. You know, shaved my head. I grew it back out, but you know, I actually looked down at my at my pants to see if I'm wearing golf shorts, and like, I I am wearing golf shorts. I'm like, you're always a pro. You're always dressed. That's all Can't time. Can't turn it off. That's actually all time. I don't got anything else to you. Oh man, boys, this was uh I mean, I this was amazing. You guys, you guys are the best. Uh thanks for coming on. Um, you have anything else? You guys want to you guys want to say anything else? Just want to know how that daughter's doing. Oh, oh great picture of you, by the way. Z sent oh. me a picture of yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I was just gonna pull that up on my phone. That's a good one. Yeah, so I, I sent that one in, and I'm like, oh, there's got to be one of Smitty holding her. But then my wife was like, yeah, Smitty said he didn't want to hold her. <laughs> She's so tiny. That. Smitty was scared of the baby, man. No, <laughs> hey, that, that's no, that's fair game. That's exactly how I was before. That's I actually had one. true. Yeah, that's yeah, actually no, true. No, like I, with, with with other people's babies, it's like, ah, you sure you want me to hold this thing? <laughs> oh, and the, and the the other picture I found was you and Maddie O Moose. 
ripping up the moose game on Saint. Oh uh, yeah, the the buck hunter. The buck Matty hunter. was in that picture too. He came too. on the pod in the early days, back in the day, because I played against him in my Q days, and uh, he's a he's a nail gun too. You might as well just punch a brick wall if you're gonna hit Matty O. That guy is. <laughs> Yeah. How about, how about else, that man. that legendary tilt against uh, Curtis Gabriel? Was that Curtis Gabriel? Oh, yes, it yeah, was yeah. on Fish Fry Night. <laughs> Listen, I was scratched. Oh my! Uh, I'll never forget it because I was scratched. So I'm watching from the best view ever, up top, and they drop the gloves. All right, they're going. It's like a marathon fight, and Matteo connects. And you can see that Gabriel's hurt a little bit. And he keeps going. And then you see, like, blood. You realize that there's blood everywhere. And it's all over his visor. It's kind of out of nowhere. You just yeah. see blood everywhere. Because yeah, it's, it's like, everywhere. you slow it down as one punch popped it open. And I'm sitting in the stands watching the fight. I realize the fight's over. And I'm in a suit and tie jumping up and down with my hands going <laughs> in the air. So as soon as I realized that, I looked down, I go, oh, my God, I got to go talk to this guy. So I sprinted down to the locker room. I, like, dapped him up. I, like, looked him in the eyes. He looked at me. First thing he says is, we're going again. I'm like, oh, <laughs> out of the room. I got to get out of the room. This guy's going to knock me. Yeah. Yeah, he was pumped up that after that fight. That's for sure. That was fucking. Real quick about before we, before we shut this down, uh, I told Zach a story about why I shaved my head, and I think that's what got him to shave his head is, when I was playing in the queue, I played with this guy, Boko Imama. I'm sure you guys know who he is. Oh, yeah. HL nail gun. Um, and yeah, he, he he took me under his wing. And, like, so my first week of practice, this is how I always am. I'm really nasty in practice, right? So my first week of practice in the queue, I'm like. Wait, nasty, like dangling or like, like fighting people? No, like dangling. Like, oh. like, like, Good question. Great like, question. I think I'm a skill guy. If you just, if you, if you strictly watch my practice, you'd be like, oh, this guy's a skill guy. So anyway, uh, my first game was a week later, and it's in Halifax, and I fight uh, this this guy who was a 20, and I was 17, and he's a tough guy, Kelly Bent. And I go home, you know, squ square up, get kicked out because it was a stage fight off the draw, and then uh, I'm waiting for the whole period to end. You know, this is my first Q game. I'm super nervous. I'm like, man, was that good? Like, did I do a good job, you know, sitting there? And Boko's the first guy comes into the room. My boy. I thought you were a skill guy. And then from that second on, we were like best friends. And I remember walking into the rink, my second game in the queue, I said, folks, what do I got to do to be like you? It's like, what do you mean? I go, man, you walk into the rink, you're a big black guy. You know, everybody knows who you are. Everyone's like, that's Boko Imama. Like, he's a nail gun. You know, you stand out. He's like, let me think. He's like, bro, let me shave your head tonight. I'm like, what? He's like, how many 17-year-old white guys do you know with a bald head? I go, none. He goes, exactly. I go, okay, deal. We're shaving my head tonight. And that night, he shaved my head. And since then, every single season, I shave my head. And, like, you can tell how people look at you differently. So that's funny that you thought, like, this skill guy out of college, Captain of Northeastern, was a nail gun <laughs> just because he had a shaved head. So hilarious. I want to look tough. You know what to do. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about Boko as a teammate. Oh, he, what. he's the all-time best. He's yeah. like, he sounds a lot like you. He's like the dad of the team everywhere he goes, like, takes care of the boys. Kind of like Smitty too. Uh, you just gotta get in 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 the car, and I'll get you there. You know, <laughs> yeah. guy, 
he helps us like he took me under his wing man like he taught me so much and dude got nothing but amazing things to say about him he's uncle boko to my daughter for sure he's 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 a goat oh my but, daughter uh, that, that's amazing my, my daughter was supposed to be here right now uh, i'm gonna have to blame this one on, on Sid. she's supposed to show up right now and colin's supposed to come in and say hi but uh, she's doing amazing uh 16 months old in two days um she she learns in a second she learns in a second yesterday morning 6 a.m i go nux she doesn't know what nux is right she's like giving me a high five can't do nux come back for dinner she's like nux nux it's insane <laughs> Smart like she, her mom. Smart like her mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like her mom. She she did a dive. She swan dived off the couch yesterday and landed on her head first. And then it turned into like a somersault. And she pauses for one one thousand and looks at all and looks over at me. And I'm like smiling, like, get up, get up, you know. And she has the biggest smile ear to ear, loved it. Or she back flopped on the ground. And so ever since then, I've just been putting, uh, whenever she asked for a show, I just put up Olympic uh, gymnasts. And it's just Simone Biles and Sean and, and uh, Sonny Lee. And they just, she's watching people do backflips all day. So I'm just breeding a, a Olympic gold medalist right now. Can't wait to ride those coattails, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal, boys. Well, thanks for coming on. I mean, episode 92, you guys are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks, thanks for, for having us, us boys. Oh.